cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindekew, the good news guy. I absolutely love Tuesdays. Every first Tuesday of the month, I do bring in Jason Greer. He's our entertainment and tech good news guy. He knows everything about the good stuff. Well, not necessarily everything about the good stuff, just everything about the good stuff in entertainment and technology. You are the good stuff guy. They call me that. I don't know if yes. it's, I don't know if it's the truth. It is. You are the change one thing good stuff guy. Hashtag, Hashtag Rack15. Yeah. Oh, there we go, Rack15. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you, Jay. Nothing fun are you, Brenty? Good, good, good. How's things good. going? Going well. Going well. Going well. Yeah, Long well. weekend? Good? Long weekend was good. Um, filled with uh, sleeping babies. Um, oh, pause. I launched a story last week, which was about communities that are now standing up for their foreigners. So the, hmm. the government, the police, all the crazy stuff that's going on currently, um, they, they, I mean, you, you can't look to the government straight away. Mm. So it's not in the country that we live in. But with them, they are taking it upon themselves to just look after their neighbors. That's cool. They're patrolling the streets. Wow. They are, they are letting them sleep in their houses. It's you see, look after the, the foreigners. You know, it's like it's one thing to say, listen, dude, you're from Malawi. Don't take my job and leave it at that. But they don't just do that. It's like, listen, dude, you're from Malawi. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, it's mad. But not just a bit of a, a cut off the head. Stabbing and burning and ma, the, the, malicious. Okay, so the, the parallels that can be drawn, again, the stuff that's happening in Baltimore, it's the same. Mm. It's the same. It's, you, you, there's so much anger mm. that it's, it's sort of misplaced and they put it in the wrong place. The only thing that, um, that crowds like that need is a little bit of inspiration. Mm. In Baltimore at the moment, there's a guy who's going in the middle of these raging riot protests and he's dancing to Michael Jackson. Not in a stupid way. Mm. He, he does that song, just beat it, mm. just beat it. And that's, that song represents some sort of protest that mm. happened during Michael Jackson's days. And people are calming down. And sort of looking at the situation from a different light. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing. That whole crowd mentality. That mob mentality, yeah. Uh, you just need to pull away from it. You have to. Uh, isn't it weird that you can get so worked up in, uh, in a mob where normally you're actually quite a normal guy. But as soon as that person starts going on and the next person starts going on. It, beca- it just you, snowballs. Exactly. And next thing you find yourself getting caught up also beating the soak to death. Meanwhile, you would never have done it normally. Totally. I'm not talking for myself. Is that what you do? Is that your other weekend plan? When it's, when it's, ca- when it's chaos in your house, you just join the chaos. Start screaming and crying as well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, mental. Um, have you guys been sort of affected with load shedding much? Uh, once, uh, two weeks ago, uh, but it was so bizarre because suddenly just an odd time, the electricity went off. I was like, what? Why is electricity off? Check my boards. Everything's that, fine. That's the first thing that we do as South Africans. Yeah. We, we still go check our boards. Yeah. We're like, there's hope, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Then I go check the boards. Boards fine. And I'm like, well, let me check the load shedding schedule. Oh, 10 to 2.30. But it's 12. Yeah. All right, let's wait and see. Maybe will it go on in four hours' time or go on in two hours' time? Or maybe there's a fault. Maybe there's a fault. <laughs> maybe there's a fault. Well, look, there was load shedding scheduled for that day, um, but we ended up getting cut halfway through and then put back on again at the end of the allotted time does it does it affect and it was only once that you've been affected but mm. but having a baby how does that work because you have to like warm bottles and yeah at the moment no because it's breastfeeding the kid 
You okay. know, so right. there's there's none of that you have to worry about. Um, the only thing you have to might have to do is sterilize the bottles, but that's few and far between. The one thing we will need to look out for when the kid starts getting older, when he has to start eating the the the, you know, the, the foods and the, the squashed foods and stuff, that if we can't heat that up, oh, what do we do? Then then you're pretty stuck. Then I don't know. <laughs> so then, I don't know, let's, hey, maybe ESCOM sorted their stuff out by then. That's what we can look forward to. Hey, yeah. That could let's, be the good stuff. Let's, that's the good stuff. Let's look at the cloud with a silver lining. With a silver lining. Yeah. Um, I've got a little clip. Remember last time you were here, we said we were going to play a game. I can't remember what it was. 30 seconds. Okay, I don't have that. Oh, come on. This is what I've been looking forward to, Brent. No. 30 I don't, seconds. I don't, this is what I'm good have, at. I don't have that. But I do have a little I'm motivational clip. I'll let you know again. I'm good at 30 seconds. Okay, well. I yeah. don't, I'll beat you guys at 30 seconds. The point is we need more people in studio. Because <laughs> if it's the two of us, it's not really going to roll. You know it would be cool? Um, I think we'll do it for next month where we actually can do, when, when you've got the game, let's see if we can get some callers. And then we do 30 and seconds do 30 of callers. Seconds. I think that's a That plan. could be cool. You're a man with a plan. Yeah. All right, but I've got this clip, mm. uh, and it is, I mean, it, it's not a game. It's motivational. I mm. found it. Mm. And uh, it's Robbie Williams. I mean, he was he was a, an amazing actor. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. What did I say? Um, did you not say Robbie Williams? He's the singer. Yes. Why would I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something about singing, and you're going acting. I'm like, Robbie Williams? Maybe no, you did say Robin yeah. Williams, so I apologize. Uh, we'll play it back. I almost probably didn't. <laughs> um, so, Robin Williams, uh, someone's taken um, a little little motivational piece out of one of his movies, which mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. And um, I'm going to play it, and then you have to tell me where it comes from. Sure, easy. Are we going to do this? Do it. Okay. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. I have a little secret for you. Huddle up. We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. Medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. Poetry, beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. To quote from Whitman, O me, O life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O me, O life? Answer, that you are here, that life, exists and identity that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse what will your verse be incredible where's it from yeah. you know what i don't even need like three guesses or anything um 
Dead Poet Society. Done, sold, I mean, in the bag. Maybe I on. made it too easy. I think you did. Uh, there's not many motivational speeches that Robin Williams has done in the past. Um, perhaps maybe one in Patch Adams. Um, but nothing as, as deep as that. Certainly not RV or Aladdin. Um, although I'm sure you could still find some motivation behind maybe, those maybe those lines yeah but what what he said there is i mean in an essence um you're part of this this poetry that's being mm. constantly written what is your verse mm. uh and and it's it's what i always say it's mandela said it um you use your light to inspire other people yeah i think and that's my verse well i like that and you know what that's the thing what verse is going to help you be remembered what is your verse that you're going to live by and have people say Jason or Brent lived by these words, and that's your verse. That's amazing. Someone, um, it was actually a student that put that together, and it's trending on Mashable, mm. which, I mean, how cool as well to take a piece out of one of my all-time favorite movies. We did that book in school. I hope you got the rights to do that. Ozzy's going to get into trouble. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. That YouTube's funny like that. Um, if you use, I mean, they, they let you post whatever you want, mm. but if you put something on that you don't have the rights for, mm. you can't get the money for it. Yeah. So you could have 75 million views and you earn nothing, nothing. from that. Yeah. Um, I worked it out the other day. If you get a thousand views, you get a dollar. So if you get a million views, I think you get a thousand dollars. Okay. 10, 12, 15,000 rand, call it. Yeah. 15,000 yeah. rand for a million views. That's a lot of views. Hey, imagine. Rack 15's like on this. <laughs> but, but I didn't have the rights for the music, so yeah, you, it was the same sort of thing. But yeah. Mm. Mm. You know there are free music libraries. I know that, but also when you use the free music stuff, it's not the same. No, you I mean, need you like an impactful a, sort of, <clears throat> just get the rights to the song. I'll phone whatever their name is who I use and I'll ask them. Okay. I'll phone them. Mm. Alright, so this is the good stuff. And, um, yes. we've, got, we've got a couple of good news stories that are trending on social media. Sure. And our very English good news correspondent has put something together for us. So we can Would catch that up. be Nikki? That, Nikki. Nikki. Her, her sophistication. They're playing netball. So let's have a listen. Hi guys, Nikki here from The Good Stuff. I'm here to give you your top five good news stories from around the world for this week. Okay, so starting at number five. Finally, the Formula One is coming to Cape Town. We've had the green light. We just have to keep our fingers crossed for 2016. At number four, Uber. We all know Uber is being great for delivering people. They're now delivering food as well. Woohoo! At number three, we have the amazing story of a paramedic that saves a man's life. The man that he saved is a guy that saved his life when he was a baby. At number two, we have the young Star Wars fan that believes in his heart of hearts that he is a true Jedi and that he will never get married. Well, George Lucas grants this boy his wish and he will get married when he's grown up. And finally, at number one, the young nine-year-old boy that would never ever be able to play football has had his dreams granted by his father's football team. They all played a great game together and it was the best day of his life. Catch y'all next week! Amazing stuff. Hey. Um, number five, Formula One coming oh. to Cape Town. They've got the green light. Jeez, that's going to be so kiffy. It's just now whether they're able to make it happen in 2016. That's the main. Mm. It's the it's the main task. And the the um the tr- the course or the track. Yeah, I saw it. Looks it's incredible. Great. Imagine having Table Mountain as a backdrop. You've got Formula One, one of the most watched sports in the world, um, happening in our sh- on our shores. 
again, finally, because Kailami stuffed that up for us. So isn't it amazing? We can finally have it here in Cape Town, in South Africa. It's so cool. It's like the Monaco of South Africa. It is the Monaco because the one the one stretch is on that main stretch. Mm-hmm. I think it's Green Point or Sea yes, Point. Yes, correct. Green- Green sea points. <laughs> and um and you could literally have yachts in the water. Yes, watching it. Watching the race. Yeah. You could have people on the side. The stadium holds, I don't know, sixty thousand seats. And that's gonna go into the stadium. Also, what's amazing is that you get all that sort of those houses there, which aren't like amazing, magnificent, beautiful houses, but and flats, flats, and flats. All those people, can you imagine the price of those flats are going to skyrocket? People who are just renting them out for four grand a month are suddenly going to be able to help to rent those out for forty grand just for the race day. Just for that race day, you can turn your apartment into a little cafe. How cool is that? Yeah, it's amazing. It's a cool story, and it's cool for South Africa. I think that. it's Im- it's important to embrace what we have, and mm-hmm. Cape Town is just beautiful. Yeah, just beautiful. And you know, let's just hope they have it on a day in summer. Certainly not winter. Yeah, because winter it rains yeah. and it's cold. Awful. Like Monaco, I think it's in summer. It's nice and beautiful, etc. So to have it in Cape Town in summer, oh man. Does the wind matter when racing? I'm is sure like it plays a part. I'm sure it plays a part. But in summer, it's not really windy during the day. It's just late afternoon and in winter, isn't it? I have no idea. We'll have to check the weather yeah. with Kaysan. <laughs> Number four, um, Uber gets into the food delivery game. And as she was saying that, you were saying into massages. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Uber delivers massages in South Africa. But I didn't How know. does that work? So you call Uber and you say, listen, I want a massage. Uber comes, drops off a masseuse, sorts you out, off they go. Um, I don't know about delivering food thing. Look, we in South Africa already have Mr. Delivery. I don't know if they have something in the States. This is a pilot project that they've just launched in, yeah. in, uh, t- I think it's two states, um, where you can basically order a pizza and Uber will bring it for you. You know what? We've got our own local people who do that anyway. Pizza Perfect, they deliver the pizza for you. McDonald's, they deliver the McDonald's stuff for you. Debonairs, they deliver for you. Uh, you know, they, they're all doing their own deliveries. I think Mr. Delivery was the big one in the it day. It was. Because you could, you, you weren't stuck just to one fast food place. Correct. You could be like, mm, you want pizza, so mm. you order here. You want a chicken burger, so you order here. Oh, and we need some cool drinks. So, mm. And they would go on this whole little trip for you for and you. bring everything. Oh, it cost, costed you, and also your food was never really warm when it got to you. But you know, that's besides the point. Besides convenience. The point, yeah. convenience. You've got an oven and a microwave. That's what they use it for. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is um, an interesting story about, a, um, I need to get this right, a paramedic who was just doing his job on a normal day. Uh, there was a burning car he pulled the guy out. The guy was a doctor, and actually, that doctor had saved him when he was being born. He was a premature baby that was never meant to survive, and this doctor did whatever he did 30 years prior to that. How it's did like they work that out? Full circle. And when he got back to the hospital, they were exchanging names, and the doctor was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know your name. Who's your mom? Whatever. And he realized that, I mean, that's, that's life in essence. He'd saved this kid's life, mm. and 30 years later... The kid kind of returned the favor. Yeah, exactly. She mad. At the time, you're like, oh, saved another kid. Oh. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> if you hadn't saved that kid, you would have died, buddy. Exactly. It's amazing. So it's like full circle. Love it. Um, number two is a cool story. It's a little kid. He's like four or five, and he is a Star Wars addict. I don't know if you know much about Star Wars, so reading the story, I didn't really know. But apparently... When you become a Jedi, it's almost like becoming... Um, it's like when you go to the Black Wall in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. No woman allowed. Yeah. Not allowed to get married. It's almost like being a monk, maybe. 
when you become a Jedi, Jedi powers. And this little kid was so upset because he believed in his heart of hearts that he was a Jedi, that the Force was strong with him. <laughs> but he one day wants to get married. <laughs> so he doesn't want that to be t- taken away from him. He wrote to George Lucas at Lucasfilms, and he asked... Uh, he asked George or whoever was mm. making the movies if they could change the rules. <laughs> Imagine that. Were his words. And um, Lucasfilm, George Lucas, whoever from the department, sent a, a message back saying, yes, we can, just for you. You're a spectacular Jedi. You're something special. And we believe you could be even better if you get married. It's really cool to take the time to do that. I'm sure they get a hell of a lot of letters and emails and and just to take the time to care. Exactly. Um, There's a thing I saw on Facebook the other day, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, He was driving away from gym and he saw this kid running after him going, hey, just stop, whatever. Dwayne The Rock Johnson could have carried on driving or saying, oh, no crazed fan. Should have. I mean, mean, you could just imagine being that famous. Sure. Yeah. But he didn't. He stopped. He got out of the car. The oak that ran up to him, so one of the photo with him, was actually suffering from some sort of a, I think, a, a degenerative disease of sorts. And he, he said afterwards, he felt so good, like that guy's dream came true by him meeting the Rock. And we don't know how long he's got to live, but that was one of his things he wanted to meet the Rock. Do you do you that think happened. that's that's? I mean, it must be some sort of instinct, or you must. It's got to to say I have to stop this one Ab- time. Absolutely, definitely, without a doubt. Wow. That, we all have that inept ability. Um, like there's some beggar on the road. You, most of them you ignore, but this like for some reason you're like, jeez, well, I've only got a hundred bucks. Oh, and you give him a hundred bucks, not even realizing, and off you go. That oak might have needed that for whatever reason. You've got that 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 sense to give it to. Him. I I realized it was yesterday. I realized that xenophobia is real. I mean, we don't get affected in the urban area. You don't really see it. You see it on the news. But I got to um, the spa down the road from me, and there is a gentleman who always helps me with my stuff. He's the nicest, nicest guy, and I care for him. He's from the Congo. Um, he came up here to try find work, and that's what he does day to day. He's a car guard, and whenever I see him, I do give him money, and I try to give him a note instead of just like a little father. Mm-hmm. I give him like a 10 or a 20 because... I think it's important. He's, he's come to South Africa to try and make a living. He's got a family. He drives or catches a taxi every day from Hillbrow to get to Four Ways so that he can be a car guard there. Like that, that's his job. Mm-hmm. And he's there seven days a week. And um, I went to the spa yesterday and he wasn't there. It's the first time you start in about thinking what's happened. First time in six months that I haven't seen my guy. Like, where is he? It just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it hits home going, it's real. He could have gone back. He could have gone back to, the Congo. Yeah. You just don't know. Say no to xenophobia. That's what we say. That's what we say. Number one, amazing story. Um, this kid's nine years old, stuck in a wheelchair, loves football. He's crazy about football. His family's crazy about football. His dad's a football coach for some big team. And um, the team decided to basically play a game with him. By carrying him through and making him a part of the football match. It was the greatest day of this kid's life. He's, I mean, if you see the photos, he's gleaming from ear to ear because he was part of a football game. It's all that he wants at nine years old. Mm. I'm sure that must be inspirational for him to carry forward. Jeez, without a doubt. And you know, there's certain memories that will stick with you forever. Um, and at nine, I mean, that kid will never forget that, ever. And I think a lot of the players in the team won't forget won't forget about that moment, making somebody else's dream at that age come true, either, which is great. Inspiration all around.
Very inspirational. Mm. But that's online, and that's what's trending on social media sure, online. Sure, sure. What's happening in the real world, and what can we look forward to in May? Well, coming up in May, uh, from a technology point of view, the launch of the L- the, the new LG G4 is coming around. I thought you were going to say something else. I was going to get very upset. We can't say those words. What? Can't. Launch. Oh, of the... What? <clears throat> yeah, yeah it's, I'm the, really upset about it. That's really upset me. They launched it um, internationally, and I'm just changing the story. I'm so sorry. They launched it internationally, and uh, it only comes to South Africa when? June? June. July? Yeah. So, uh, of all places, Australia got the first Apple Watch. Australia? For any Australians that are listening right now, we want Apple Watches. <laughs> Why is Australia getting them first? Because they live the furthest away? Maybe, maybe. Maybe because they saw the first sunrise on the first day that it was launched. <laughs> make excuses for them. Um, so, yeah, so they got the Apple Watch. They were posting it all over Instagram and Twitter saying, oh, look at my new Apple Watch. Yeah. Whatever. We're a little bit um, So, yeah, so that's the, the new LG G4 coming out. Um, there's also something called a Surface, uh, Surface Pro. Microsoft's releasing their own um, computer, which is called the Surface Pro. Basically, it's like a, it's like a tablet. Yeah, you know, but it's also got like a like imagine the the flip cover of my tablet is also a keyboard. Ah, so you got like a, a key. Uh, I dig that like because that. the keyboard's too small on the iPad. Yes, well, that's exactly it. So let me just unrotate that thing so you can see as well. So basically, um, if you see that picture there, ah, right. So that's yeah, a Surface Pro. We're gonna we're gonna post this online so you can see it as well. But that's really flipping cool. Yeah, so that's coming out. That's coming out, Nana, uh, in May. Um, and that's really about it so far from a technology perspective. Um, you know, I read, I read last week, which is quite interesting with technology. Um, one out of three babies, and I'm talking under like a year, mm. are able to use smartphones before they can walk. Well, I was going through my photos yesterday, and there's a photo of my daughter, Cyan. She was, I think, just approaching a year, and there's a photo of her in the car chair. I don't have a chair. Holding the phone and pushing the buttons and swiping across and it's going. Like a natural. It's a natural thing. That's mad. You know, you think about it like we were never exposed to that, but I reckon if we were exposed to that at that age, it would have been the same thing for, for us. I think just from an inquisitive point of view, kids at that age are naturally inquisitive, so they just push buttons and, and, and things work. We're a little hesitant to push buttons as you get older. Yes. You're scared you're going to break something. Yes. At that age, you don't care. So they're open to all these new things and you, Next thing, your fingers swiping across and things are moving. It's fun. It's exciting. Let's, what happens if you do this? And it's just. So they learn quicker. Completely. I mean, now Cyan, who's now two and a half, will pick up my iPad, go to the exact game she wants, plays the game. When she's finished that game, she closes the game, goes to YouTube, finds some kid's YouTube channel and starts watching that and flicks. Oh, it's amazing. That's insane. 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 In the membrane. Right. Um, yeah. So that's uh, from a tech point of view. Movies. What? Did you, did you get to watch the Avengers? No. No. You know what's funny? It's like, I don't mind the Avengers, but I don't know if I need to go to the cinema to go watch the Avengers. A friend of mine would kill me to hear me say that. But I just, I don't know. I can wait for it to come out onto box office or, you know. I, I got to go to the launch, um, and the launch was, was amazing. Andrew they, sorted that out. Yeah. They, mm. uh, they took over the whole of Monte Casino, which I don't know. It's 26 cinemas or something stupid. Mm. They took over the whole cinema. They had um, a huge, like, spectacular. When you arrived, there were characters and food mm. and red carpets and all sorts of stuff. The movie itself, I felt, was too busy. 
A lot of stuff happening, isn't it? There's just from the trailer, happening. it's like, whoa. It, that's how I felt with the Transformers. It's just like lots of stuff happening. If you watch Iron Man, there's one real hero and one real villain. Mm. And you can you can deal with that. Like there's there's one on one sort of going. On this there's nine or ten heroes yeah. against, I don't know, a hundred million vil- mm. the villains are ju- it's just a lot. It's a lot going on. Yeah, it's um, too much for me. And also on a big screen like that. I was quite was exhausted. Was it three D? It was three D. Oh jeepers. I was quite no, exhausted. That's too much for me. Um we can look forward to I say we can look forward to the new Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie called San Andreas 3D. When is this three phenomenon going to end? I don't know if it ever will. Um, but that's basically Dwayne the Rock Johnson, this helicopter pilot hero, saves the day when the San Andreas fault suddenly makes makes this humongous crack in the earth. And where America, of course, the, the disasters only happen only in America. America. And guess what? He saves the day. Of course he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> that's coming, up. and it's in 3D. <laughs> so, look, I think it'll still be a fun movie to watch. Like, I don't mind Dwayne the Rock. I think, uh, or Dwayne Johnson. I think he's quite cool. Quite he's cool. cool actor, yeah. He's cool. So I may watch it also when it comes out onto, uh, box office. Then a bizarre movie with George Clooney called Tomorrowland. Okay. I don't know anything about this, mm. but I've seen the trailer and I'm As excited. I. I'm I, excited. I think I'm excited because it's slightly off the wall. Um, slightly untoward, if you want to call it that. Um, it's not your usual, um, funny quirps and quips from George Clooney. It's a lot, lot deeper than that. The, the Tomorrowland, I don't know if it's part of the same franchise, but I got to go to Universal Studios in Florida a couple of years ago and they have a ride there called Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, I guess the ride was built in the 1970s, 1980s, and it's yeah. all about what the future would be like okay. in the year 2000. The film's about a teenage girl. A genius, middle-aged man, and a prepubescent girl robot who attempts to get to and unravel what happened to Tomorrowland, which exists in an alternative dimension in order to save the world. I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a rad movie. Yeah. You don't know so much. I don't know so much. Like, I th- uh, there's a part of me <clears throat> which I don't really like to think when I'm watching a movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when it comes to like, Tomorrowland, I think I may have to... Think. think like we spoke about Interstellar the other day. You got to watch it again to actually kind of understand. You uh, Interstellar, I watched twice, and it's a three-hour-long movie. So that was six hours of my life to understand <laughs> one movie. I'll never get back. It was a good movie, though. Yeah, good movie. Uh, one that I'm excited for. Yes, Pitch Perfect Two. The pitches are back. The pitches are back. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out in uh, May. I'm excited. I hadn't got to that movie yet. Uh, you stole my thunder, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that I'm also looking forward to. I'm, I, I like Anna Kendrick and I, Rebel Wilson. I've been looking forward to that movie since December when it was announced. <laughs> it's just exciting. It's a, it, the first one was really cool. Um, there's a movie coming out called Area 51. Mm. Um, Isn't the, that where the aliens are? Is yeah, that, correct. Yeah. Area 51, yeah. Uh, it's from the director of Paranormal Activity and is a producer of The Purge. Have you heard of The Purge? I watched The Purge. What I did you think? Liked the first one. Mm, the I second one? It was, again, the second one felt like a group of writers, 12 of them, yeah. pick the number, sat mm. down in a room and all of them pitched their idea mm. and the producer went, let's do all of it. Yeah. Like let's let's change let's go balls to the wall. Change the story fourteen times yep. so that we can please everybody. It was just a bit too much. But the first one was was clever. It was sort of a good concept. It, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So Area 51 is this guy who's obsessed with UFOs. Uh, while he's in Vegas, he decides to convince a couple of his mates to go join him as he goes to go visit Area 51. And guess what? He encounters terrifying aliens. And it's made by the paranormal, so it'll be scary. Yeah, it should be. I, I wonder if it's, I haven't seen the trailer, but I wonder if it's that sort of like first camera, first person point of view. That's, I hope not. <laughs> listen, those movies scare the crap out of me. <laughs> that's why I don't want it to be. Like, make, make it a movie so that you know it's yeah, a movie. Like Blair Witch Project, I still, I still shiver thinking yeah. about it. I've never watched that again. It was a one-off. Do you know how they made that film as a matter of interest? Tell me. Okay, so basically the three actors that they used, dink him. They left him in the middle of the woods. Okay, just three of them. Boom, left him in the middle of the woods. Um, a helicopter would come by, drop a basket down with the, the day's storyline um, with some rations and stuff. And the rest of it they had to film. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had an idea of where they had to get to and the basic plot of the movie, but they didn't know what was going to happen. So, for example, when they're sitting in the tent and next thing they just hear this, and next thing these, you know, when they hit the tent, yes, they didn't know that was going to happen. So that was real fear. That was real fear. And that's why we were scared. That's why we were scared. That in the next morning when they woke up and that one guy wasn't there and you heard him in the distance, they didn't know that was going to happen. They knew at some point that something was going to happen, but, but, they didn't know but that. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a space like that, do you not get confused with sort of your character and reality? <gasps> you see, well, that's what made the movie so amazing. It was scary. I'm actually going to rewatch that. I'm not going to watch it. You're mad. Um, you know, nightmares from that <laughs> paranormal activity. Um, and yeah, that's, I think, really what we can look forward to. I mean, there's a bunch of movies coming out, um, but I think those are really kind of, um, oh, uh, Mad Max. Mad Max looks good. I mean, yeah, Charlize uh, Theron looks a bit cuckoo. Yeah. Like and then, yeah, I think that's really about it. The usual stuff coming, but there, yeah. That's, That's about it. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have got Netflix or, um, I mean, I've got Netflix and Hulu on my Apple TV. And the other day I saw a thing going HBO Now or HBO. HBO Go. HBO Go. Now you see, that's what I'm trying to access. <laughs> All right. So I accessed it. You sounded a bit blue witch there. <laughs> I accessed it and, uh, and it, 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 t- it took my Apple ID or whatever mm. and it gave me 30 days free. So cool. And I, it has, the most phenomenal shows, like real time, as it gets released. So I know DSTV are pretty good at the moment, mm. like Game of Thrones and stuff, but HBO are quicker because it belongs to HBO. Mm. One of the documentaries that are on there, which I watched over the weekend, incredibly disturbing, but such an interesting docky. So if you've got it, or mm. if you can get your hands on it, it's called Project NIM. Mm. N-I-M-H-H. Just N-I-M. Uh-huh. N-I-M. And it's about this little chimpanzee it's a sad story. A little chimpanzee that was taken away from its mom at two weeks old and given to a family to raise as a human being. Because a scientist, a professor, believed, which, I mean, he, 100% true, he believed he could get a chimpanzee to communicate. And the way that he... Vocally? Would, no. Mm. Sign language. Apparently, their vocal cords and stuff are not the same as ours, so it would never happen. Mm. But you could teach a, a chimpanzee not to just sign, so not just one worded. Mm. You can teach them to um, make sentences, hmm. which it did. Mm. Hmm. This this little chimpanzee, they it communicated. Um, but the 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 main part of the story is that it gets shipped from one family to the next and then into a research laboratory and then it goes into a little cage and and a lawyer gets involved because he says you raised this as a human being and then you cage it it's inhumane and the whole story of this chimpanzee and, and what it went through and it just it's it's an eye opener to what scientists can and would do 
to try and, and sort of get the story. In the end, I mean, he, he, he didn't live, there was, there was a huge portion of his life that he was tormented because he was in the research facility. But in the end, uh, people come back from the beginning of the movie and, um, they put him in a rehabilitation sort of center and they, and because they're social animals, they give him other chimps that have sort of been through the same thing and he lives out his life quite happily. Very good documentary. Jeez, look. It's very deep, but a very good documentary. Jeez, I think I'd be a wreck. I'd recommend watching it. Not to be a wreck, but just to, just to see that, like, that's where we come from. Those are the scientists in the 1970. They all smoked marijuana. Yeah, they were all exactly. sleeping with each other mm-hmm. and they had these chimps that they were trying to do stuff with because yeah. they wanted to figure out what sort of is going on. I can't say. Sure. You can't. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've got, I've got a couple of other things. I'm just coming up in May. Events, uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Noah is in South Africa. And I think Jeez, it's about time. This is going to be about time, but almost the last time mm, that he mm. will do anything. Because after this, he goes into his permanence. And he's there six days a week. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's huge, though, for him. Eh? I don't care what people say about him being arrogant, et cetera, et cetera. Well done to him. Flip, I'm so proud of that guy. You can only be proudly South African. I mean, how do you get a normal South African kid who's dinkum, he's funny as hell, but to to be able to take over an American talk show host's position is beyond me. I don't know how he got that. It's unheard of. Unheard of. South, not not South Africans. Americans don't dig other other nationalities. Sure. When they grow up, they learn something called American history. They don't even focus on, on world, anything that's yeah. happening around them. Yeah, so I don't know how he got that right, but good luck to him. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles uh Handles that environment. It's exciting. I've already bought tickets. We're going to go through and see him. Good. Um, yeah, I think it's the last time that South Africa is mm. sort of going to get a, a, a little bit of time with mm. Trevor. Apparently, the shows as well completely almost sold out. But he's not doing every night. He does like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. Boom. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Thanks for coming. I'm yeah. going to spend my week sort of chilling with my family, or coming up with jokes. <laughs> Jeepers, he's going to have to come with a lot of things if he's going to host that uh, late night. Oof. Anyway, well, good. Yeah, so that's good to know. Amazing. Next mm. up, we have we have a Tundra coming in. He's mm. a friend of mine. Um, met him after after school, sort of in our varsity days. And uh, I mean, he's famous. He, he's famous. He did uh, the long walk to freedom, Mandela. We're going to mm. be chatting to him in a second. This is Cliff Central. The good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. The show is all about the good stuff, and I love highlighting stories and people who are letting the light shine, inspiring other people, and entertaining us. Jason and I have got a good friend joining us to chat about how he's making a difference in the entertainment industry, because he is. Atandra Kani, who uh, I know as George, <laughs> he calls himself the Prince of Theatre, is a celebrated South African theatre and TV actor. He's been in various theatre productions, local and international TV series, and, you know, played a young Madiba in Mandela, The Long Walk to Freedom. That was all at the top of your head. But that's just what the internet says. <laughs> his, his, his Twitter bio says uh, he's an Aledi Award winner, thespian burdened with glorious purpose, Mail and Guardian Young South African Top 200, and it doesn't say Young South African because they've never fit in. So this is why <laughs> uh, Young Mandela in LWTF, which I'm going to go with Long Walk to Freedom. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, he loves his twins. It's Andre Hazard. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Be ran it. It is. Um, we go way back. Yeah, and we do. I, when I, I mean, it was varsity days. Yeah. When we were all, all over the place. Melville, you know. Back in the day. Way, <laughs> way, way back in the day. Was it like way back in the day, like cat's pajamas way back in the day? Yes, actually. Yeah. Cat's pajamas used to have that, um, that queue outside of it. You go from Jeez, the to cat's yeah. and you turned around the corner there. We used to go to Roxy's. Roxy's was yeah. our local. Oh, yeah. oh, you, uh, yes. I drove past Roxy's two days ago. It's looking dodge. It, oh, it would be. Just, Melville's not the same as it used to be. No, no not at all. No, uh, yeah, not at all. Melville, I think, mo- and we, <laughs> I digress. Melville <laughs> moved to Parkhurst. That's like sort of the vibey place now. Parkhurst Greenside. Yeah. Yeah. Although it doesn't cater for the young students that, that Melville used to cater That's for. Greenside. They got oh, that, it's Greenside. Oh, it's Greenside, of course. Yeah, yes, got all the yes, bars yes, yes. and places. Mm. They are trying to revive Melville, so we do try and mm. sort of support the community. I mean, I visit Melville now and again. I mean, I'm not going to lie to anyone. <laughs> not lie to one another here. Hectic. Okay, so we, I know you from Joburg. Is that where you were born and bred? No, actually. Um, I was actually born in uh, California. California. And uh, we moved here because my father, I'm not, I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> absolutely lying. No, I was born in Port Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, you're on Cliff Central, right? You know you're on Cliff Central. Yeah. And you know what Gareth calls Port Elizabeth? What does he call it? Oh my goodness. Don't. This is so awkward. Slum City. No, he calls it the armpits of South Africa. Oh my oh, gosh. <laughs> I just walked past him now and I greeted him. I'm like, how are you doing, sir? Well, when we go, work? when we go back, you can take it back. You can be like, I'm like, I don't like you. No. No, I no. respect and love the man. So Port Elizabeth. Yeah, I was born in Port Elizabeth, uh, in 1984. Uh, and because my old man's an actor as well, and yes. he was venturing out and doing his own thing and he moved to Joburg and he's like, I think I need to take my family with me. And I think that's the best thing he did. Mm. So he moved us out of Port Elizabeth when I was like six or seven. And we came to live in Johannesburg and I went to school here, went to Sacred Heart. And then, um, that's, where, that's where I met you. No, you lie. <laughs> and I went to Marion College and then we had the same friends. Yes, know? that's where I met Marion you. Marion College, yeah. That's where I met you. Um, okay, but the, obviously, and I say obviously, which is the worst word to use ever. I hate the word obviously because nothing, nothing is obvious. Or, of course. That That's nothing what is of course it. either. Yeah. So nothing is obvious. <laughs> but I, I do say this. Your dad was in theatre. So is is that how you got into acting? Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, look, he's John Carney. And he was here the other day. Was you he want here that, the other day? Oh, you John, that? you're dead. Yeah, absolutely. No, no way. Uh, <laughs> in Kaba. In Kaba. And I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm having a groupie moment as well. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, there's that actor guy. How funny. <laughs> there he is. Your dad, she's like it. We would sit before we went onto, on, onto set. In fact, he would actually talk through our call time onto set about his experiences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was amazing. Here's John Carney listening to him talk to you about his experiences over seas and, um, Coriolanus with, with the okay, usual. Mark, jeepers, it was bizarre. I can't believe he's a dead. Yeah, no, um, so he, he's, he's theater guru. He's theater guy. Mm. He's theater god, you know. So even when I was growing up, I mean, I remember, since I can remember when I was four, or three, because he did Othello in 87. I was the only one in the house who used to hold the script and cue him. Uh, <laughs> wow. And I learned to read Shakespeare at the age of three. And my Jeez. favorite word to spell was handkerchief. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you tell this so to people funny. and nobody realizes what the hell you're saying. You're like, oh, what does this all mean? So you grow up going to theater every single weekend. Like, mm. I hated it, man. I'm like, well, I'm, I want to ride bikes and skateboards mm. and rollerblades and mm. all this. But I'm going to the theater. And I'm falling asleep. And then I'm watching people. And I'm like, this is a bad performance. And you grow up. And you learn why it's a bad performance. And you grow up. And you're like, maybe, perhaps, no, let's not go there. Because he's a big man. Because people <laughs> do. And then you're riding on his wave, which they still do today. 
Of course. Of course. That I think that's where in any industry, yeah. if your father or mother is sort of superior and they've made a name for themselves, people will always go, hey, come on now. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you see, what, what really... What really gets to me is that they keep on reminding me that he's my old man. You know, like, so John's your father, huh? Yeah. That hasn't changed since yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've, I've known this for 30 years now. Yeah, that's exactly so, it. I mean, so when I matriculated, I knew absolutely nothing else. Mm. Like, really. I had no passion for anything else. I had not sat with any other sector, any other thing, and tried to dissect it and go mm. into it and see what it's about. I absolutely knew nothing else. So I thought, maybe, I told you, you got to try this. Mm. Just, you know, just try it. Hmm. And I've never looked back since. <laughs> back since. Jeez, like, it all what was that experience like on Long Walk? It was it was huge, man. Mm. I mean, it was huge. That was like a proper Hollywood set, and I mean, I wish I had a, a scene with Idris, but uh, <laughs> that would be yeah, so impossible. Be awesome. <laughs> 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 uh, so we, we played the same person, so couldn't, couldn't have a scene with him. That's brilliant. But he was—I mean, it was huge. I mean, he was—he was one of the highlights of the movie for me because we were sitting in our trailers. Of course, we have trailers. I'm sure, sure. sure. If you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and he, he, we'd see this tall person. Just walking from wherever they were shooting to to his trailer, <clears throat> and he's got this Madiba walk. So everyone's sort of mm. going closer to him. It's like, did Madiba come to set to see what's going on? Is Madiba here? And you get closer and closer and closer, and you see. Then he's then you just mm. notice this gangster walk that's going on, <laughs> and it's it's Idris, and he was just amazing. He was just an amazing guy. Granted, I had to shoot a scene in the Drakensberg River in winter. That yes, sounds I remember like seeing fun. that one. Yeah, that was hectic. Eh? Naked. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeez. the water was cold, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? I mean, that must have just been so cold. Oh, I don't it even was, want to imagine. I mean, it was cold. I mean, you know how we, when you shoot on set, um, especially on location, you get to you shoot with the sun. Mm. So you get there at about 4 o'clock in the morning. And that's cold anyway. Even in mm. summer, 4 o'clock in the morning is cold. And they're putting on this makeup and this mm. whole thing. And then they're like, okay, guys, we're going to go in, uh, in about 10 minutes. You're just going to run in there, dive under the water, come up, you know, just look to, let's look into the lens as if you're looking into the future. Cause you, cause Mandela can see the future and, and you're Mandela. And, and I'm like, well, hold on, just back up a bit. So you want me to run? <laughs> into the, into the, and there's this scene, I mean, it's in the outtakes where, I mean, I, the other guys hadn't been briefed properly. The other extras are going to run in with me. And I'm the one who's just like, I'm psyching myself. I'm like, come on, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. One take, one to go. And I run in and you just see the other guys, cause they, they don't know how cold the water is. And they put their feet in the water and you just see them all going back. They're all running out again. You just messed up the shot and I'm sitting there shivering. Can you imagine? They're all running. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Oh, it's too cold. They look like a bunch of girls going, oh, no, 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 that's not cool. Do, do they, wa- do, I mean, do you like get warmed up before you have to do the second take? Yeah. Or do you just have to pretend? Um, I mean, we acting and Go. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> when you, you when you're in there, it's you pretend it's 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 warm. Mm. It's, it's glorious. It's a glorious moment. You can't be cold. Don't mm. shiver here. This is Mandela. Mandela doesn't shiver ever, ever. Mm. You know. So, um, but it it got to a point where, uh, we were running out of time, and I was like, okay, listen, there's no need to put on this thing that you put mm. on. Let's just let's, do it. Let's mm. just just get me out, dry me up, and then I'll run back in. Mm. Um, mm. naked as my full my first full frontal naked, and it was not even supposed to be. Wow. You know, just so on that cold water topic, it just reminded me of another movie, um, Dirty Dancing. When they're in that, yes. in that famous scene where they're in the water and they're busy, he's busy lifting up and whatever. Um, it was going into autumn and apparently the, the actors couldn't be in the water too long 
due to hypothermia because the right. water was that cold. Wow. Amazing. Yeah? And they would never have seen it. It looks all nice and summery and warm and, oh, now I can play in here for hours. It was went so far as to even they, they spray painted the trees green. No way. Interesting, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's you know, mad. It's acting, but behind yeah, the scenes. Exactly. The I mean, I remember this one time we were, we were shooting this American program on the CW network called Life is Wild. And we're shooting in Hard to Be a Spot Dam. And it's cold in the morning. And you've got, what do you call when you're in the morning and you've got this the mist, 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 like mist. mist coming out of your mouth? And the only way to stop that is to put ice in your mouth. So you drop the temperature of your mouth so you don't, so your breath doesn't produce that. And here we are in the morning before every take, just shoving ice in our mouths in the cold. Doesn't it? I mean, that, that, brings, that, that brings other complications because then when you have to say a line, your lips yeah, are cold. You've got like numb tongue. Wow. Exactly. That's interesting, huh? That's crazy. So you've done, you've done hmm. a bunch of international stuff. Yeah. What is, what is like your best sort of your series? I know. So the the long walk to freedom that is massive. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, let's take that out for a second, and look at your TV stuff. I mean, you've done a couple of different international things. The CW, you did. Um, there was that and the ITV. The, the ITV, no, the ITV one was the Wild at Heart. Yes, that was the British one. There were um, shots in Hard to Be for them as well. See, Life is Wild and Hard. Uh, Life is Wild and Wild at Heart. Exactly the same thing, but one is American and mm. one oh, explosions. Wow. And, um, faster cars and, and hotter women. That's you know how the Americans do things. Um, bigger and better. It's mm. Much bigger and better. Um, so I was on Wild at Heart for about six six seasons. Wow. Um, that's the British one. And then because the producers are the same ones who did Royal Paint, so they came down and they were shooting a couple of uh, apps here, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I remember uh, we worked with the Tanva. Could you could you bring him down?" And I was like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I shot Royal Pains, and there was one called Young Leonardo, uh, which is a British uh, series. So I mean, look, you um, shot Royal Pains here. Yeah, what are they doing here? Um, one of the characters was trying to open up a hospital in in Africa because <laughs> that's what that, that's that's what they do. Americans come here to to open save, up hospitals to save Africa. <laughs> they came here to save the natives. That's because then we can have hope in our lives. Because without them. Then we are useless natives <laughs> running around with no medication. <laughs> I was like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So, yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, so you can't, you can't really question anything <clears throat> they're doing, but you sit there with, with, with the rest of the cast members going, what is going on? <laughs> Why are we so impoverished all the time? <laughs> all the time. Oh, That's shit. crazy. We've got no hope. We've got no uh, hope. <laughs> So acting, I mean, we've done that theater. Theater. They call, you call yourself. Yes, they call you the prince of theater. They do now. Where does that come from? <laughs> I was in second year at, at which was 2005. And I thought, man, you know, people call themselves, people, they've got these nice titles. You know, you've got like Samuel Jackson, who's the king of cool. Mm. And John Travolta, he's the prince of suave or something. Mm. And I just sat there with this group of friends. They're like, what would you call yourself? Like, what title would suit you best? And I came up, because it just rolled up the tongue nicely. And it does. Prince of Theater. You know, <laughs> you know with, with the possibility of ascension, because you're a prince, not a king. And, and I changed my Facebook name to a time that the prince I was going to say, social media was at that time, so all of a sudden, everything is Prince <laughs> of Theater. And unfortunately, I was the only one of eight people who were having this discussion that <laughs> followed through with the names of Joseph themselves. I'm the idiot now sitting here with this title people are just sort of hacking me for. 
Um, and none of them changed it. But like, you know what? I, I just sort of set a bar for myself. That was you did. Mm-hmm. And exactly, it's, yeah. it has become a title now. Yeah. Because when I see reviews, when I look at stuff, I do constantly watch what you're up to. Oh, really? And uh, they do mention you as the Prince of Theatre. They do. So it's, it's stuck. Kudos to them. I mean, I mean, I like it when they do that. I mean, it just—it's—it's it's a brand. You know, we're getting into a into an age now where theatre has to be seen as some sort of commodity totally. again. You know, totally. you've got to build a brand as uh, as, a, as an individual again. So not only rap um, can they have beef, we can beef here as well. You know, in theatre, hell's yes. That's beef. I mean, I want to I want to call a theatre actor out. You know, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. This is on radio. Do whatever you no, want. Exactly. Oh, I'll get I'll get into a lot of trouble. Um, theatre. What are you doing? What I mean. You. Theater. I've just come back actually um, uh, with a play. I was in New York for four months. I've just come back. Shame. Uh, yeah, that's horrible. It's, it's time yeah. of year and so cold. cold. And I was there when they had the worst blizzard of American history. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You got Africans there who are. <laughs> Where, who are where's the sun? There's no. You know, I got lighter. I became a yellow bone when I was up there. <laughs> I went to New York in February. Uh, I think three, uh, three or four years ago. Uh, we had. I had no idea. I know February. You know, it's a bit cold. I mean, it's winter. I mean, yeah. we've we've survived Joburg winters. I mean, how cold can it really Absolutely. be in New York? Oh. It's freezing. I've never, that's why I've never been so cold in my entire life. So I can manage for four months. I mean, I asked oh, someone, are my ears supposed to be, does this happen usually? My ears are so cold. Is this, is this a problem? Am I going through something? <laughs> is this, am I going to need to go to hospital? That's how mm. cold it was. Don't, uh, don't joke. I was in New York December a year, what would it be, a year and a half ago. And I actually thought that when I got back to South Africa, I would have to go have my feet checked. I thought my bones were broken. Because <laughs> it's so cold. So and cold. when you're walking, I thought my bones were physically cracking. That's how cold it was. Um, they weren't and when I climbed on the plane I was fine mm. and when I got back to South Africa no doctor mm. but at that time it's yeah. just a cold that we don't understand completely we don't understand it I mean Ooh. look at us I, I went to New York a couple of years ago and yeah I went to New York <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was all, I was also in New York yes but um, we didn't do theatre no, we didn't in New do theatre for four months so no we, we took uh, Cesar Banzi's Dead uh, which is a play co-written by Dr. John Garney and Mr. Winston Jonah directed by Mr. Ethel Fugard back in the day and we were reviving it and who better than the prince himself. <laughs> so we took it over there and for four months and we froze, but we had this amazing, amazing reception where the first time in my whole life in a curtain call being called back four times wow. to the point where you don't even bow anymore, you wave because you don't know what to do. Hmm. And this was constantly every single night you get to this point, you're like, okay, like the fourth time you're like, you know what we have to do, let's go back and you wave as if wow. one famous. What, was it that Jeez. overwhelming as w- what we would think it would be to be on stage in New York? Yes. Mm. Like every time you go out, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I get, I, I got so nervous there that every night I have, I have to, oh, I have to, oh, <laughs> I have one, I have to go to the bathroom and, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all because it's a huge theater. Yes, it is massive, and you got people there who don't know you, so you got to start from scratch and prove mm. to people that you're actually good because over here they take it for granted, they know you, so like this is probably going to be good. But there, they don't even know you. So you got to. It it has to be good. It's New York. I didn't pay that amount of money to see a show, and it's exactly. shit. It has to be good. It has to be amazing. And two men on stage, and be watched by like one thousand two hundred people capacity theater, and you just have to give your all. And the kind of people that came to watch. Oh yeah, we we had a lot of we had a lot of people <clears throat> who were YouTube sensations. I mean, I think there were a lot of those. We had a lot of uh, producers who came to watch. Um, 
and I'm in touch with, and not even sort of uh, jinxing anything. There were a couple of people who we exchanged details, and in December we're going back to talk about another production that mm. we're, we're that was amazing. To. And they were like, "But you, but you have to learn the accent because that's oh, uh, America is yeah. for Americans, they yeah. don't, unless you want to be like a terrorist or an African mm. impoverished doctor <laughs> for the rest of your career. <laughs> exactly. So you, you know, talk about typecast. <laughs> exactly. So now you have to start working on a real American accent. Absolutely not, not, not the one that we fake. Not the one I've been doing. This is some like. Yeah. But like a real one that, like you know, the Trevor Noah does. Yeah, Jeez, he's good. Eh? He's very good. We were actually talking about Trevor Noah just now before you came. Yeah, right. he's here for the next sort of month and a half. And I was saying to Jay, this is sort of the last time mm. that South Africa is going to see him on oh, here. Yeah, because he's on the yeah, he's the late doing, night. Yeah, yeah he's oh, got the late night. Oh it's amazing. my goodness! I want to say though, right? Four months in New York, amazing theater, amazing. What about your boys? You've got two little twin boys. Oh, they didn't go with you? Gosh, no. Oh. Uh, no, that is that is no. That is no. So, wow. That is a that is a big no no. Um, because I've seen I've seen them on Facebook. They look busy. Yeah, they <laughs> they're absolutely they're like me, but times two. Hmm. And taking them to New York, and it's just too cold, man. Unless you want to just put them up in in you know in the apartment or the hotel room, the which whole is time. not fair yeah. on them either. Absolutely. No, 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 sure. You want to be in the snow, and then and then they get sick, and then what do you do? Then you worry, and then you get sick because two people are sick. Mm. So I thought, no, I'll just leave that. Um, sure. So I mean, it's we had Skype and we had Viber on the phone, which mm. is bittersweet because you want to see them and hear from them, but you know you just yeah you can't do anything about it. Jeez. They're so far away. I mean, it teaches you discipline of some sort. I don't mm. even know what. I don't know if I'll be able to handle going with my kids that long. She's that's, that's, that's yeah. painful. It is very painful. But you just got to look at the bigger picture. I mean, you went there for four months now, which is in two months' time. You were there for four months? I can't believe it. Time went so quickly. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I don't pass quickly. Also, it's bigger picture. You said you've met people. You are, yeah. You're building yeah. a future, not yeah. just for yourself, but for your kids as well. I think next time I go there, I'll take them with me. Would mm. you ever let them get into theater? Oh, <sighs> it's. A, I mean, the same question. Your dad must have had the same question when you were a kid. Yes, I mean, he. I don't know why he was so confused when I wanted to go into it. When he's just, <laughs> he. That's all. He just. He, he shoved me into it. Mm. And next thing, when I said to him, I want to. I want to start uh, studying acting. And he got no. He's like no. He's like exactly. He was like, what do you? Why? No, mm. no, don't, <laughs> don't do this to yourself. Mm. Go study architecture because mm. I know people in, in high places do political science because I know mm. I know people in high places. And I, I, I just. I looked at him and I was like, you're a hypocrite. Mm. But I couldn't say that because we're, we're <laughs> well, you're dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a black family. And you, don't, you, you, you look at a black mother up and down, it's a problem. We've got problems as black people. Raising our children, they can't do anything. You can't look at them and go, ah, that's a no problem. It's, it's out there. That is a problem. So he didn't want me to do it, but then I thought, you know what? Um, it's your passion. Yeah, I'm going to probably go mad if I don't do it. Mm. Probably. And I thank goodness I haven't yet. That's cool, man. It's amazing. Amazing story. Hmm. How do people keep in touch with your story? Because obviously we're friends on Facebook. I'm yes. just throwing it out there. <laughs> Bit of name dropping. What is your Twitter handle? <laughs> My Twitter handle is at Atandwakani, which is A-T-A-N-D-W-A-K-A-N-I. Um, my Instagram is the same thing, at Atandwakani. My Facebook is Atandwa, the Prince of Theatre Kani. And yeah, I'm always, I'm constantly posting pictures and, and updating people about. I'm going to uh, to Durban in May right now to do Hayani, my own play that I, I co-wrote with Nat Ramabunana about my life. 
And right after us comes the big Dr. John Gandhi with his play called Missing. Wow. So I'm glad you're not at the same time because you don't put on a play at the same time as Dr. Gandhi. Uh, well, yeah, you can't. Don't do that. Don't you do, don't that do that to yourself because yeah, you'll only have your director watching. <laughs> because you'll all go to him. So he comes in after us. We're there from the... The third to the eleventh, and he's there from the twelfth to the eighteenth, or some something like that. Okay, well, mm. I'll take all of that and I'll retweet it and I'll repost it and I'll put. I it may have sounded a little weird, but I didn't know that your surname was Connie. I just heard about Brent's friend Atanda. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so but you see, what? that's a problem because <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't even call him Atanda. It's a bit. He yeah, doesn't call me Brent either. It's a bit weird. Yeah, I know. We, mm. we we've known each other for many many years. It, it's way back. But way for back. so long, I mean, even I have I've had lecturers at Wits who'd come up to me after exams and be like, I saw your name on the on the exam paper, and then I saw your surname. Why mm. didn't you say anything? I'm like, well, why never, would you? Never asked. I mean, you, you ask <laughs> what the surname is, and I'll tell you. But I see no reason to go around. Hi, I'm Atanda mm. Kani. I'm Atanda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just walked into the room. <laughs> you know John Cunning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know your other your your younger brother, must be your younger brother, who's now marrying what's her face? Fiona. Why would you say he's my younger brother? Because <laughs> he looks like he's nineteen. <laughs> he's 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 very scrawny. Uh, how old is he? He's thirty three or something. Oh. Rubbish. Is he? Yeah, he's thirty three. Ah, what a yeah, son. He's, he's my like, older brother. He's my older brother. I thought he was like 22 or something. No, he's very, he's, he's, oh, because, you know, he's shorter than me and he's very, he's scrawny. He's, he's a scrawny oh. little guy. He's so scrawny and nobody likes him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening. I'll I send him, I'm, I'm going to send him a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. Please. Um, yeah, and he's my, he's my older brother. Good grief. Jason, you've I, already got twins. Yeah, and I've got, I've got seven siblings. There's eight that is us. true, yeah. yeah so, wow. kids, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen somehow. <laughs> There's more children coming. I'm 30. Okay. When's your birthday? On the 6th of June. 06, 06. So, and sixth child. 6th June. Oh. You can say <laughs> Yeah, please. Uh, uh, Cliff Central, 6th of June. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Gareth Cliff. If you, if you deliver, uh, all the gifts here, we'll make sure it's under against them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> please. And I'll, I'll come and get them on the 6th of June. I'll just come and say, guys, I'm here for my presence. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing having you on the show and catching up with you. So cool. Um, one quick question before we go. Yeah. What is your biggest social media platform? It's something that I like that I'm trying to figure out at the moment because I've heard somewhere along the line that Instagram is taking over everything. It's so for you, you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Which is your sort of biggest one? My biggest one, I would say it's weird. Um, so I, I'll tell you about the followers that I have and how many followers I have. So on Facebook, I've, I've clocked that 5,000 thing and I can't get any more friends and have to, there's someone who opened a page for me when I was doing that American program that I can't now have administrative power over it. So, so I awkward when people do that. It's awkward, isn't it? Yeah. And someone opened up a Wikipedia. So Facebook is out the way because I've clocked that number. Um, on Twitter, I've got 17,000 some followers. So I think I reach a lot more people on that uh, platform. But on Instagram, I get sort of more likes and responses on my, I've got like 6,000 followers. But I get more response. If I post a picture, I get like 300 people liking pictures. But I never get 300 retweets on, on, on Twitter. Twitter. Mm. But I've got 17,000 followers. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. Social I'm media like, is such a funny place. I don't know who, why don't the people who have Twitter have Instagram? And then follow me there and then I'd have like 20,000 Instagram followers. What's going on? Mm. Who am I following? <laughs> <laughs> who are you guys? 
Where am I? <laughs> um, I honestly think you should go into comedy. Like that's, that's maybe the next step. You are hilarious, and it has been incredible having you on the show. I love I'm you, gonna man. I'm gonna retweet all of your links so you can get more followers. Yes, please. Except for Facebook, you can only follow him there. You can't be his friend. <laughs> I'll be like you guys. I want to be famous. <laughs> I think I think you're more famous, Jason. It's been incredible. I love having you in studio. Every, Thanks, man. Uh, first Tuesday. Every year, day. yeah. Every year, yeah. Every year. <laughs> Every year I like being in studio too. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, just a, a final thought. Uh, Jamie Dornan's in South Africa. I heard. I heard mm. he's busy filming. That's the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Could you see the woman storming? Woman storming. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, it's the guy the only from reason, Fifty Shades of Grey. The only reason I know is that my wife forced me to watch that stupid movie. I haven't really? seen it. I haven't seen oh, it either. No, you don't need to. Right, yes. <laughs> it's been amazing. If you want to catch up with all of the podcasts and all of the uh, all the shows, you can go visit iTunes. You can also get a hold of us on cliffcentral.com. Myself, Brent Lindeque. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the rest, or J.M. Greer. Oh, oh, Brent, how many times have we been doing the show for you? <laughs> Jason get... M. Greer. Oh, I just don't know it. It's like telephone numbers. People don't know it anymore. You just yeah, sort of... True. Tweet it. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this for this week. Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. It's been amazing. Thanks and only good things.